Hello. Satsrikal, namaste, salam alaikum. Welcome to episode zero of The Power of Bessa. I'm your host, Serena, and I thought of starting this off with an obnoxious introduction so that you remember to listen to my podcast. So this episode is more of an introductory episode, so who I am, why I created the podcast, and the kind of my background as well. As you could probably tell, this is my baby, which focuses on which historical figures should be on the Indian currency, the rupee, which is not to be confused with the currency in The Legend of Zelda, and I realised that was a bad joke, but I don't care. I've been playing Breath of the Wild manically, so kudos to any Zelda fans listening. But I suppose I should, I should actually start by introducing my partner in crime, who's helping me with episode zero, Bri, so how are you? Hi, I'm Bri. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> So Brie, I got it right, is a fellow podcaster and she's actually going, she's actually prepared some questions for me about what my podcast is about because I figured you guys wouldn't want to listen to me droning on and on, so you're welcome. Anyway, so first things first, a little bit of info about me. I've always loved history, but as my mother says, there's a fine line between love and obsession. And this obsession grew, I guess, because I wasn't taught much in primary school. As I got older, my thirst for knowledge grew. In secondary school, we only focused on the world wars and it importantly didn't mention empire in any context. So by the time I got to uni, I decided to make history my major to see what to see what the degree could offer me and then what I could give back based on the skills that I gained. So by my final year, I discovered the crux of the problem. I never learned about my heritage and I realized I didn't know much about my roots or my ancestral history either. What is the the power of paisa? Why do you use that word in particular and and why does it matter who's on the rupee? So, um I guess the power of paisa came to fruition when I took a trip back to my parents' home state in Punjab. Uh this was last year. And the last time I'd actually been to Punjab was 15 years before that. So I hadn't been since I was a child. And this time I actually had money. And I just began, I don't know, I, I, I was checking for my money and I realised that Gandhi was on every note of the rupee. And bearing in mind, we have at least, what, eight notes? And I thought, so why is Gandhi on, like, all of them? Considering here in Britain we've got Churchill and... And, you know, Alan Turing on the 50, for example. So I was a little confused about this. And then the concept is kind of built from there. And the reason I chose the title Power of Besa is because Besa first is the is the Asian word. I don't want to say Punjabi or Hindi because it's, it, it's, it kind of transcends across India. So it's the Indian word for money. That's very fitting. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing that it fits. And... Um, I suppose the power element doesn't focus on the idea that it's, it's not the financial element that I'm thinking of. It's about the social element that comes across when you present a historical figure in the kind of day-to-day things. So stamps, money, but you know, the power of using these daily objects, you don't realise that you're actually looking at them every day and you're memorising them, you're remembering them. And, you know, eventually when you tell your kids, oh, I remember when we had this type of money, it's, you know, it may seem like a very mundane thing, but it's actually quite powerful in our memories. And when we have to to relate this later in the future, yeah, so Bessa is actually quite powerful, I suppose. 
And and you've said a lot there about the significance of putting someone on money because it is such a day-to-day item and it is something that everybody wants to be associated with. We would all like to have money. And so it's a positive association generally for this. But you, like you said, only Gandhi exists on the rupee. Do you think he's a good choice? And why do you think he's the only one? I mean, yeah, Gandhi is a good choice. And, you know, I don't need to write the whole biography and about what he's done. But one of the standout elements about him, I guess, and why he's on all the notes is he was the middleman. So, you know, between, you know, contesting between um, various figures like Nehru and, and Jinnah, knowing how they used to butt heads and then being the middleman for various parties, you know, after after three roundtable meetings, you'd think he'd have had enough. But because he had to, um, I guess he had to be very consistent in his behaviour, knowing what he actually wanted to, knowing what, outcome he wanted for India so there's no mistake about why he's on the note as far as him being the only figure it's interesting because I suppose he's considered the embodiment of uh, a lot of characteristics of Indian society so uh, hard-working and humble Um, if the question has been if the well if the question was why hasn't the rupee changed since then I, f- I feel like it's because people are still deifying him and no one's no one's thought to question about where these other historical figures are and you know a lot of people might say oh but we've we celebrated historical figures in the form of anniversaries and birthdays and you know we've had stamps of them but you know ultimately Gandhi still remains in the limelight Do you think that there is a risk in essentializing all of India down in history and in society and culture, essentializing that all down to Gandhi? Do you think there's a risk in in either suppressing or forgetting very impactful, very important and very significant figures from Indian culture, Indian history? I suppose if you're talking about essentialization, then you're focusing on, you know, it's it's basically... Indian culture boiled down to a historical figure like Gandhi and that's you know that's an interesting question I'd I'd have to say yes and no because well I say yes just in terms of the fact that he's such a prominent historical figure um that you you know you can't get away from it and understandably because you know he's he's you know he he helped with the independence and he's he's an impactful figure and I'm sure Asians outside of India can feel that too. So it's not good in terms of how you know he's he's very one-dimensional on the note. You we don't um, we don't see his multiple his multiplicity coming through. So confining a country, even though confining a country to the note, where it's just the one image of him, when we have when we acknowledge the multitudinous roles that he's had, it seems pretty ironic. And, you know, I so I suppose that because it's one dimensional and because there's no one else to talk about, it's negative because there's no ability to be, to expand beyond the driven narrative. So, you know, we don't see uh, Gandhi as Bapuji. We don't see him as Gandhi, the politician or the activist or whatever. There's just a very, you know, single view, very narrow view 
of how Gandhi is is supposed to, or how Gandhi's image is on the note. And I also say that, I mean, again, it's 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 a mixed reception just because now we're getting so much more in the media that goes beyond Gandhi's narrative. So there's actually quite a few um, modern films coming out which don't reflect these these uh, BJP attitudes and actually they're demanding change. So a really good example is um, the movie called Pink with Amitabh Bachchan, which talks about um, the about uh, the perception of women today and how how little it's kind of changed and so so it's actually quite positive that we're moving away from from essentialization and that they're actually trying to modernize i mean this movie was on netflix so it's gotten to quite a wide audience i'm happy to say so um so yeah so i say essentialization um has to be seen both ways both in terms of how gandhi himself is portrayed today and how narrow that portrayal is and also how um i think indian culture is portrayed which is which is slowly getting better i'd say um and that's a, that's a risky run when you essentialize down a historical figure to a pop culture understanding because nobody can then argue with the picking and choosing of the only things we know about that individual yeah and another point i wanted to add was if you you know if you embody gandhi with all the positivity or the or you've given him all the roles as someone so you know Gandhi did this and that you effectively limit and reduce the role of other historical figures historical figures who actually held those characteristics if you were to talk about Gandhi and casteism well the first person that comes to my mind is Dr Ambedkar so you know no one's questioning why change hasn't happened yet and we but we've only seen the demand for change this year so i think slowly it's happening and that's you know that's another inspiration for um for the podcast because it tackles these ideas of well when i when i talk to my guests it's what do you what do you think about gandhi why do you think he's on there and then allowing us to to describe the historical figures that we're talking about gives the opportunity for the audience to kind of say well actually i i, I don't agree with this or you know how how you know how bad was it that this person had to do that and then just it's, it's not set in stone when we say yes this person is good on the rupee no it's always why well, and I think essentialization often limits representation. So, and that and that ties perfectly into a very important question for what you're doing. When we're talking about putting someone on the rupee, what makes a good candidate? Do they have to be representative of the whole of India? Is it better if they reflect the diversity of India? What are you looking for when you think about who makes a good candidate for the rupee? I mean, this is such a hard question. I struggled. I struggled so bad with this question because I suppose it, it was inevitable because that's the whole point of the podcast. Um, I suppose because there's no official checkbox for, for choosing, I, I suppose, an ideal candidate. Um, I've used air quotes, by the way, um, because, you know, you kind of think there's your there's your opinion. There's a group opinion and there's government opinion as well so where do these where does each party kind of draw the line because they're all going to differentiate and 
ultimately nobody's perfect so we have to get that right off the bat nobody's perfect not even the people I've chosen on my podcast none of them are perfect um to a point where you could argue that some of them were actually controversial but were they controversial for their time or were they or are they controversial now so that's another thing that's kind of you know thinking about the the ethos of the time in the past was that okay and the ethos of the present is it still bad um so that that I always kind of look forward to when I'm looking for feedback is just you know do you actually think it's it's still okay to do or or not you know forget about if it if it if it used to be illegal and it's not legal now forget that it's not about that it's just what do you personally kind of think about this and then I suppose if I had to kind of give a vague description of what I'd look for in a candidate for 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 the currency it would be someone who's made a positive contribution which again is really broad but I suppose it's I suppose it links to culture so in British culture you know we had some of the great literary writers and you know we had lots of the Bronte sisters we had lots of great writers so writing was always a big thing and especially because in you know for instance 18th century 19th century Georgian literature printing was so important so actually the fact that we have a writer on the note makes perfect sense because that's the culture it's the writing culture that's so important and um so I suppose in India what would culturally be important to us and that's an even harder question to answer because then you have to kind of consider well you know India's a country for sure but it also houses you know lots of different cultures and identities religions castes you know blah 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 so finding a representation for everyone is is difficult i mean so when you restrict it to one person like gandhi that's even harder because then who can really relate to it um and it it makes sense because he 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 helped during the colonialist period so for sure like you know we haven't forgotten what he's done but we can't ignore others who basically had to fight hard if not harder to have their voices heard and to make a difference just as much as Gandhi did. So so what are the implications or the difficulties that you can anticipate discussing these certain candidates? Because as you said, some will be controversial. Some will be controversial purely based on their religious creed or their caste. But what are some of the other implications or difficulties in presenting a figure and making an argument for why they are making a contr- a contribution that reflects something f- something significant about Indian history and culture. Um, I suppose one that kind of jumps to mind is how significant was that historical event that we're talking about? Because back then it would have been an incredible moment, but today you think but you know we don't we don't use this anymore we don't say this anymore this doesn't apply to us today so how how significant is it to us today as opposed to how significant it was in the past and how do you kind of convey that the importance of that past event to a present audience that may not necessarily be on the same page and see it through your eyes so you know one of the the ideas for an episode that I had was to talk about the indigo rebellion but since when do we really care about indigo dye anymore as opposed to like you know in the 19th century when they were actually trying to to make purple dye that would have been an amazing thing to talk about back in the 19th century but today people just don't really 
think about something like that. Well, India is a country that has such an incredible amount of diversity, but it also comes with an incredible amount of conflict. Do you see that being a very challenging thing to deal with? Or do you have do you have thoughts about how you would approach maybe presenting a Muslim figure or a Sikh figure as opposed to a Hindu figure? Yeah, so there are going to be obvious challenges. Um, one of the challenges that I immediately think of is someone having someone of a low caste on the note. Because casteism, even though it's not the same as it was in the past, it's still a problem even today. Especially in um, in a BJP India, putting someone from a minority historical figure um, would be, you know, I don't think it would be possible. So especially if there were a Muslim one, it would be difficult. But I think despite the challenge it's going to be, because of all this kind of, um, you know, socio-political tensions that we have today, we can't forget that India is a multicultural place. Even, bef- you know, pre-partition, post-partition, it's still multicultural. So having discussed this with other academics, you know, religious groups didn't separate themselves off as religious groups, you know, not in the past. So, you know, they're their religions weren't their defining traits it was it was other things it was something like their their profession their social standing their um i don't know how much land they owned or something so their religion wasn't important to them back then so it shouldn't be as important to us when we think about a historical figure on the note and we can't deny the pl- their place in history we can't we can't deny the minorities place in history because they were there they existed and you know there there are times when we just can't look at the the historical figures background because it's altogether not necessary not all the time but just sometimes it's not always necessary i mean when we look at gandhi are we saying he's ideal he's an ideal figure to be on the note because of his contribution to the independence movement or because he was a brahmin so, do you foresee any implications if India were to diversify the money? Do you think that there would be areas that would accept it and areas that wouldn't? Would you do you think that that would cause controversy or or competition or anything along those lines? It would definitely cause controversy. <laughs> There's always going to be a controversy in India. I'm sorry to say, like I, I can say that I'm Indian. I don't care. Um, you know, again, because unfortunately, because it's quite right wing leaning at the moment, there's such a big, um, there's such a big movement towards a very heavy handed Hindu nationalism, which is quite, to be honest, even on the other side of the world, it's quite scary just feeling it from here and seeing what's been happening in India at the moment, you know, the kind of anti-Muslim attacks again and it's you know it's even scary when you have Sikhs relating stories and saying this reminds us of 1984 so it's just there's going to be definitely if we, if, we, if they were divert, to diversify like right now there would definitely be a problem um, I don't see why because I think it's good but you know ultimately there is going to be some issue and then you know you kind of think about how each state might react to it how certain groups are going to react to it but again you know i suppose it's just it just kind of makes me laugh as well because there's uh i'm just thinking about all the backlash that that people have had against certain bollywood movies so there's 
there's one movie called um, uh, Padmavati. And I, I don't know if you've... Have you seen that? Not that one. <laughs> that one's that one's quite good. So it's about um, Deepika Padukone. She plays a queen, Padmavati. And she's... Uh, I think she's like, you know, she's she's the most like, beautiful queen. And she's she's married to, to an emperor. And the an emperor from a neighbouring kingdom, the enemy kingdom, basically wants her after hearing that she's so beautiful. So, you know, just kind of... You know, so the whole film is about trying to to kidnap the queen and at the end of it they uh all the women so the, her husband is killed and all the women end up committing sati because they don't want to be captured and you know you know all, all that jazz but you know there was such a backlash to this movie and people were, were having a go at saying you know this doesn't represent rajasthan or rajasthanis and um you know it's, it's a shame it brings shame to the name of padmavati and, you know, it's not historically accurate. But what people didn't bother to kind of check is that Padmavati was based on a fictional poem. So she's not real. And they still had a backlash and said it's not historically accurate. Like, how can you be accurate to a fictional poem? So the reason I'm telling you is because, you know, you see this reaction to something that's not hugely significant. And then you think, well, what would happen hypothetically, if if we're talking about something as important and prolific as the rupee. Again, it's just the kind of reactions that people are having, which makes me, you know, think twice about when we talk about diversifying money. You've got to think about, you know, you've got to think about the people who are going to, to react to it. And inevitably. <laughs> inevitably, you're just going to have just people who just have a problem with it. Um, I don't know, and I've—I uh, don't know if this relates directly to the rupee, but there's people t- kind of taking a back step with Gandhi because of things that they've found out about him. So you know, his um, the the thing about his celibacy tests and people talking about how he didn't actually support untouchables. Um, you know, when he went on his, it was the it was the Puna Pact that uh, that kind of you know people have kind of referred to again. So you know, I, I'm I'm I don't think there's going to be any movement towards getting rid of Gandhi at all no way but people are definitely thinking about how to actually present his narrative because all these things have come up now um which means you know does that mean that there's more of a gap to talk about other people I I don't know maybe there is which would be good Moving on to the silver lining of that question, then, is there a positive implication that you see in diversifying the money? Because as you said at the beginning, it is a a daily item, so it becomes very much in the public consciousness, no matter how you present it. Money is always going to be something that people interact with. What are the positive implications of diversifying diversifying the coinage or the, the rupee in positive implications so i guess you know diversification is always a it's always a good thing within reason it's always a good thing so you'd actually um i think you'd open up doors to talk more about not just the people that we're that are on the rupee note but you're opening up doors about you know what about this history what about this empire what did um asking questions about their identity so if you happen to have a, a dalit or an untouchable on the note why don't we learn about Dalits in the 12th century or, or some historical event relating to them? So actually opening doors, you 
inspire people to to then learn more about it and especially if people can identify with it that lets them know that they you know they can learn more about it they're not restricted to the kind of meager teachings of of the creation of India and actually Priya Artwell does a very interesting um, series called uh, The Lies My Teacher Told Me and she has an episode called The Saffronization of India and she talks about how um, the the curriculum in India is is so limited and it's just talking about uh, like ancient India and then just partition but there's no mention of um, it kind of ends with just India being India it's just so specific to what it's being taught and I think I see it as a positive. So in Indian culture, I mean, you know, people might say it's archaic, but actually I think there's a bit of an element of truth is that doing history as an Asian, it's it's not seen as a as a proper subject. It's seen as an art. So and just just to prove this, I'm the only one with an arts degree. I'm the only one in my family. <laughs> I believe that. Everyone else Yeah. <laughs> everyone else has a you know science or maths engineering everyone but I'm the only one with an arts degree so the statistics of my anecdote prove itself Mm -hmm. but you don't get a lot of Indian historians because if you want to do history in India you have to be on it you have to decide as soon as you you're into history you have to know that you're going to do a university because a lot of people end up changing their mind afterwards so I know that um uh Shuddha, who I talked to today she has a degree in maths and sociology but she's she's a theater director so she changed her mind afterwards which is so weird so so yeah so the the fact that kind of culturally history isn't seen as a as an important or necessary thing if we diversify the money I feel like it would actually help children be more in tune with their history to, and to learn to question things about about their history as well but the thing is I'm not an expert on this this is just from my personal knowledge and my personal experience so um if, if you guys disagree then feel free to just tweet the power of Bessa and just uh, just correct me or let me know about your own experience with with history uh, if you grew up in India we could argue that that's one of the most important things that we can do contributing as historians is to to bring that public awareness and to inspire people to ask the questions and to feel like they belong and that they have a piece in that. I think that's extremely important. There's just so many there's so many questions to ask with with something like this. I mean, I should have I should have I don't know, maybe prepared better answers, but it's it's so hard sometimes to to answer questions about you know what what's a good candidate and why do you think Gandhi is on the note and even even the academics I've spoken to have kind of struggled to to keep a short answer about why they think Gandhi is on the note because he's done so much and you know I I don't need to give a whole biography on this episode about what he's done but this is definitely not an like propaganda to to dismantle his image or anything this is purely a podcast to say where's everybody else it's basically like it's like the where's wally of history and that sets out your intention and your goals with the podcast very very clearly so a good question and a good sizzler to end on perhaps is tell us about some of the people that we can expect to hear about in your upcoming episodes well i wanted to keep it secret but for you guys I'll, I'll let you know. So episode one is with Dr. Priya Atwal, who I've already mentioned. And 
she will be discussing actually two figures because um because i i asked her to she suggested to and i said yeah go for it um the first figure she'll be talking about is arani a queen and her name is Bibi Morgan. Behind the scenes, I've already got to hear it, and it's fabulous. <laughs> and I don't want to tell you anymore because it's actually quite cool. You know, she's a Muslim, so this actually ties in really well with the question you were asking earlier um, about diversification. And her second figure is is pretty interesting. So she picked Guru Nanak, and I know what some of you are already thinking about, you know, of religious and you know he's a guru but i urge you to listen to the episode because it's it's fascinating what you'll take away from it episode 2 is with dr vinita damodaran and she will she's talking about a famous ish scientist and her name was janaki amal um it's fascinating research basically but what was so interesting about doing this episode was that there's just so little written and spoken about Janaki Amal, hence why I was tempted to to do the episode, to do, to do something about someone we just don't really know about. The third episode is with Dr. Yasmin Khan, and she chose a politician. Her name was uh, Sujeta Kribalani. And you, you know what, you guys are probably sick of like, oh, we've only got women. It, it was not on purpose. So again, this is kind of another thing to take away about what sort of people I've already gotten to interview for my podcast and they've all chosen women so clearly there's there's an underlying thing of where's female representation within India so I think that's just a a side note for you guys to take away so um yeah Sujata Kripalani she was quite important in the uh, independence movement as well she was a famous Gandhian as well and I hope you guys are looking forward to uh, the 15th because I'm hoping to release an Independence Day special with Dr. Chandrika Kaul. But we'll see. We'll see. It's wonderful that we actually get to know you, Serena, and that we will get to enjoy all of the episodes of your podcast. I am most excited to listen to episodes about people I have never heard of. So all of them. And that's, yeah, pretty much. I know a couple of those first episode but you know it'll it'll be fantastic for to put that out in the world not only for the society and the history and the culture of india but for the rest of us who are listening in and will have a more nuanced view when we look so we're not just going do you know indian history do you know gandhi and that is my introductory episode so i hope you guys uh had some fun just listening to me going on and on and uh look forward to a few episodes coming out soon i'll try to keep you updated um again you can follow me on twitter uh at pesa pod and pesa is spelled p-a-i-s-a uh so the power of pesa at pesa pod and thank you for brie i got it right again uh at pontifax for helping me out with this episode and coming up with some really you know insightful questions i'll, I'll see you guys soon this is the asian crew signing off